Well, 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 look who's back. Welcome to the Comparison Group Podcast. Thanks for joining me. Time for our first quarter payoff show. That's right, first quarter payoff show. Time for the payoff. You've been investing your valuable time. Hopefully, you've been enjoying the shows. But you got to get a payoff. You got to get something out of it. Your time is valuable. And I got to get a payoff. My payoff is you're going to get me some new listeners. For every person listening to this show, I want you to go out there, get out there in those streets, shake your butt, and get me three new listeners. You're tricking for me now. So like I say, your time is valuable. And if you've been investing it, listening to this show, I truly do appreciate it. But I really do want people to get something out of this show. I hope people will get something out of this show. I certainly get something out of doing it. So I hope people will get something out of listening it, listening to it. But let's see. Let's check it out. What we're going to do right now is we're going to see just how closely you've been listening to my shows. We're going to find out just how much information you've been retaining from my shows. We're going to find out if you've been skipping some shows, not listening all the way through some of the shows. It's time for the first quarter Comparison Group Podcast Quiz Show. Here we go. Question number one. What occupation did I say has the highest mortality rate from COVID in California? Question two. What did the Southern white guy call his group that he formed to support Black Lives Matter? And for bonus points, what was the name of the group that he partnered with? Question number three. What is the Pittsburgh Steelers playoff record under sorry needs to go coach Mike Tomlin? Question number four. What did I say were the three drivers of racist feelings? What did I say were the three drivers of racist feelings in America? Question number five. What tax rate did Barack Obama want to lower the corporate rate to? And for bonus points, what rate did he want to lower the tax rate for manufacturing? That's from the very, very first show. That's going to be a tough one. Question number six. This is not my shows, but everyone should know it. I'm going to ask it every quarterly payoff show and every quarterly quiz. What is the names of your two senators and your representative in the House of Representatives? Huh? So what do you think of that? How'd you do? Some of them were fairly easy. Some probably a little tough. Hopefully you got a couple of them with no problem. But it goes to show you, you might hear something, you might find it interesting, but we lead such busy lives. We get inundated with so much information, it's hard to retain things. So I'm not going to give you the answers if that's what you're waiting for. Oh no, if you don't know the answers, go back and listen to the shows. What do you think I'm doing here? 
I'm trying to build something. Speaking of which, I should answer some comments I've gotten from people. People take the time to send me comments, and sometimes I get into a topic on a show and it doesn't leave me time to answer comments. So let me start off by responding to some comments I got from some listeners. A lot of people commented about things I said about immigration, Joe Biden and immigration. Some people like what I said. Some people didn't like what I said, which is fine and to be expected. And I'm simply making the point that Democrats really do have a challenge in front of them. And Joe Biden displayed just how tough that challenge is in his press conference when he was asked about immigration and is essentially being asked a question of, how are you going to continue to say if people send unaccompanied minors here, you're not going to send them back? We're going to treat them with compassion while at the same time telling people don't send unaccompanied minors here. People will continue to send them as long as Joe Biden continues to say they'll be taken care of. So until Democrats figure out how to square those two issues, they're going to continue to get beaten beaten up by Republicans on immigration. That's all I'm saying. People ask me, well, what would you do? What do you think the answer is? I don't have the answer. I'll give you a suggestion, though. How about we do this? How about we just do nothing? Now, hear me out here. What if we just did nothing and said America is closed? It's a tough decision to make, a tough decision to carry out in a very tough situation. America is closed. No asylum, no refugees, no unaccompanied minors, no one. And I know the left likes to keep saying we're a nation of immigrants. Immigrants built this country. The country's built. Thank you very much. Any more building that we need to do, there are plenty of people here to do it. Now, that all sounds very harsh, correct? But my thought is, let's save the billions of dollars that we're spending, and let's just do nothing but enforce the border as best we can. Because immigration can be driven by things that no one has any control over, like hurricanes. You get a couple of hurricanes in Central America and South America, and it leads to migration because the hurricanes leads to poverty and starvation and people struggling, and it leads to crime and murder and rape and people fleeing their country. Now, there's nothing we can do. There's no aid that we can give to stop hurricane after hurricane after hurricane. But when the right takes a hard stance on immigration, it doesn't stop people from trying to get into the country. We just spend billions of dollars. And that hard stance on the right forces the left to take a soft stance on immigration, where we spend billions and billions of dollars. So let's just do nothing. Let's enforce the border as best we can. Some people will get in, most won't, and that's how we handle illegal immigration. And I know that's troubling for some people, and it's harsh, because you'll say, what about the people? What about the children? I know, I get it. It's rough, but it's also time to say countries of South America countries of Central America and Mexico, you really got to start to get your act together. It may take you a generation to get your act together, but you really need to start to get your act together. And we'll continue to provide you aid, but you really got to get your act together. We cannot continue to ignore the fact that these are countries that are run by corrupt governments and unqualified people. We can't continue to throw good money after bad. So that's my suggestion. 
people asked, what would I do? That's what I would do. Is it a good suggestion? No, it's probably as bad as every other suggestion we've tried. Did you guys just hear my stomach grumble a second ago? Man, this microphone is sensitive. Here's another comment I got in reference to Alexandra Nina Pinta Santa Maria Ocasio-Cortez. People want to know why I keep goofing on AOC and on her name. And isn't that racist? And yes, it, it, it probably is racist. For some reason, I have a weird sense of humor that I like to talk about racism and then be racist when I think it's funny. And I think it's funny when people have three names. I find that humorous. Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, Catherine Zeta-Jones, Barack Obama, Lee Harvey Oswald. It's funny. But I'll tell you the real reason why I have a problem with AOC and I goof on her or I goof on Bernie Sanders or I goof on Elizabeth Warren. Now stay with me here. I promise this will make sense. I goof on those people because Joe Biden tripped getting on Air Force One. And a friend of mine who's a Trump supporter said, can you imagine if Donald Trump had done something like that? Can you imagine how the left would have reacted if Donald Trump had tripped and fallen down the stairs of Air Force One, even though Joe Biden didn't fall down the stairs? But can you imagine? So let's do that. Let's just imagine for a moment that it was Donald Trump instead of Joe Biden falling down the steps. I thought you were talking about AOC. I am. Stay with me here. So Donald Trump trips going up the steps of Air Force One. CNN and MSNBC immediately begin playing Donald Trump tripping on a loop. And they goof on him and they laugh and they make fun of him. Donald Trump, in response, puts out a tweet saying, Fake news, CNN claims I tripped getting on Air Force One. Sad. I didn't trip. I just did a little hop and a skip. The left media, now incredulous over the fact that Donald Trump has denied that he tripped getting on Air Force One when there's video of it, asked for a comment from the White House. The White House press secretary says Donald Trump never tripped. Anderson Cooper would then have Dr. Sanjay Gupta on to ask the question, is Donald Trump clinically insane? To which Don, Dr. Sanjay Gupta would spend the next 10 minutes using big words to essentially say, I don't know, probably. And this would go on for maybe a week, maybe even two. And that's what we dealt with for four years under Donald Trump. All different issues, but the exact same scenario playing out in the media, in the White House, over and over again. And Joe Biden barely beat him. That's why I got a problem with AOC and Bernie Sanders and Elizabeth Warren and progressives. Because you have pushed the Democratic Party so far left that people who are Democratic voters, center-left voters, say, uh, I'll hold my nose and vote for the Democrat, or I'll vote for the lesser of two evils. And people on the right say, I'll vote for someone who's insane over a Democrat. Barack Obama got elected twice by pretty good margins. The first time around, he won every swing state. The second time around, I believe he won every state except for Florida and maybe one other. Then Bernie Sanders came along to run against Hillary Clinton, and suddenly Virginia's a toss-up. Hillary Clinton's vice president was from Virginia. Barack Obama beat John McCain, a war hero and long-term senator. Then he beat 
Mitt Romney, a successful businessman and successful governor. Then came Bernie Sanders to turn Obama voters into Trump voters. Joe Biden barely beat a guy that you had to bring in and chain to the floor like King Kong at a debate because he couldn't control himself. Hillary Clinton lost to that same guy. And it wasn't because she didn't visit this state or that state. It was because Bernie Sanders convinced enough people to vote for a third party rather than Hillary Clinton. Bernie Sanders convinced enough people to protest the fact that he was not the Democratic nominee. So that's why I give Bernie Sanders, AOC, and progressives a hard time. It would be the same reason I give people on the extreme right a hard time. In Georgia, they just passed a bill to supposedly protect the vote, saying you can't give water or food to someone standing in line to vote. Now, I'm supposed to believe that that has something to do with protecting from fraud in an election? That's just one of the many provisions in the bill. You can't give someone water who's standing in line to vote. It's about making it as uncomfortable, as unpleasant as possible, so less people that you don't want to vote will show up to vote. Now, I can't wait to see how this will be enforced. Will I be arrested if I give someone a cup of water who's standing in line to vote? Will the person who received the cup of water be yanked out of line and taken to jail and not allowed to vote? And these laws are being passed proudly in the light of day for all to see because the Republican Party in Georgia doesn't feel threatened that any of their Republican constituents will see this as going too far, as not democratic, as not keeping with American values. They have no concern of that because the Republican Party in Georgia will simply say, I may not like it, but I'm not voting for a Democrat. There's three words for this. Crazy. We got to have some people left in this country who see it and understand it and will reject it. You understand all media is biased. Their bias is profit. I believe it was Warren Buffett who said that. The media's bias is towards profit. They're selling you something. Some media goes to excess. They go to extremes to get you to buy what they're selling. We got to reject the extreme. You got to see and understand when you're digging into an opinion like you're guarding it like it's a family member. You're going to an extreme. You got to reject that feeling. Facts are facts. But there are a few opinions I don't think I could change if I got some new compelling information. I changed my opinion on George Bush. I changed my opinion on Mitt Romney when I got new information about him, when I saw them behaving in a different way than they behaved when they were president or running for president. I changed my opinion about Andrew Cuomo when I got new information about him. And I didn't feel stupid or as if I'd lost an argument. I felt like I just got smarter. I felt like I was more educated and so I could form a new opinion. That's the payoff. That's what it's all about. You take in new information, you get smarter, and you move on and live your life. You don't get bogged down in stupid arguments. It's no different than if you were watching a comedy movie. You want it to make you laugh. You want to enjoy it and then move on and live your life. It's the same thing with any information source that you take in. You want to be informed. You want to be smarter. You don't want to be told what you already agree with or what you already thought all the time. And you also don't want to be told that you're wrong about everything 
and every opinion that you've ever formed. Ah, what do I know? I only do this show to give myself something to listen to. I listened to my racism show the other day, and I said, this is a pretty good show. I enjoyed it. Maybe I'm crazy, but I think there's a lot of people who think exactly the same way I do. There's a lot of people who are either center-left or center-right, which is essentially the same thing, if you really think about it. But for some reason, our country is divided. We're told the country has never been more divided. How is that possible? How is it possible for the majority of people to essentially agree on the policies and politics of this country, but we insist on sending people to government who seem to always be at the extremes, seem to always be having an argument over the extremes? How is that possible? I'll give you one answer I thought of. I'm not just about questions here. I'm about answers. And one answer is we just forget little simple things. We get so caught up in arguing and debating rather than just having a discussion. Discussion, not debate. Trying to impress people with how smart we are or trying to force our opinions on people. We forget one little simple thing. Your position on things depends a lot on your position in life. If you're a high school graduate looking to head to college and trying to figure out how you're going to pay for it, your position is going to be a lot different than the position of someone who's been working for 25 or 30 years and is trying to figure out how they're going to retire. If you're a college student, you may say, well, I feel very strongly about climate change, and I think the federal government should help out to pay for part of my education. And if you're a coal miner, you may say, listen, I respect your position on climate change, but I'm 57 years old. I'm looking to retire soon. This isn't exactly the best time for me to start being retrained on how to put up solar panels. If you're a struggling family of four, your position may be, these millionaires and billionaires do need to start paying their fair share. If you're a millionaire and billionaire, your position may be, I have no problem paying my fair share, but when exactly are we going to stop making these families of four? When exactly are people going to start to realize you shouldn't start a family until you're financially secure enough to start a family? Your position on policy depends on your position in life doesn't have a whole lot to do with your sex, sexual orientation, or your race, as the media would seem to want us to believe. The urban vote, the suburban vote, the black vote, the white working class vote, the soccer moms. If I'm a business owner in Mississippi that makes condoms, it shouldn't matter if I'm a male, female, black, white, or other. My positions should be pretty much the same as any other business owner in Mississippi that makes condoms. Keep the cost of oil low to keep the cost of rubber low. Are condoms made out of rubber? It doesn't matter. You get my point. My last answer or suggestion of how maybe we can be a little bit better is to stop with the rent with utilities included mentality. We're not renting this country. We own it. We got to take care of it and we got to take care of each other. But we also have to realize we're not renting with utilities included. When you rent with utilities included, you'll leave the water running for an hour while you play a game of Xbox. When you rent with the utilities included, you'll go out of town for three days and leave the heat on full blast. When you rent with utilities included, you'll leave every light in the house on in broad daylight. Because who cares? In all of those cases, who cares? Someone else is paying for it. It's someone else's problem. I did it in college. Anyone who went to college who stayed in a dorm we all did it. We didn't care about the cost of the utilities. 
you'd go into the showers and the water would be running for who knows how long. It was just running. There were lights that literally never got turned off, day or night. And I bet you the same thing still goes on on college campuses. And these are the people who supposedly care the most about climate change because they're the people who don't realize somebody's paying for that. Someone is always paying for our behavior in this country. Someone might be paying monetarily or someone might be paying emotionally, but someone's paying when politicians try and divide us along racial lines or the media tries to divide us along racial lines. Somebody's paying when we all talk a big game about how much we love our military, but no one could tell you how many lives we lost, how many soldiers were killed in action last year in our military. Somebody's paying for that. I bet you that hurts a lot of people emotionally who served in our military. And so we see two mass shootings and we ask the question, was the one a hate crime? Was the other one just some crazy, nutty guy who got his hands on a gun, who should have never had a gun? And the questions will never really be answered. Not all the questions. And we're all going to pay for that because we all have a rent, utilities included, mentality. It's someone else's problem. Someone else will pay for it. And that mentality has driven the tone and the rhetoric so far in this country that I can get on this show and I can say some of the most despicable, ugly, degrading things about people, about public figures, about private citizens. I can tell you where they live. I can tell you where they work. I can make up any outlandish lie or slur or story about them. I can do that and I can claim freedom of speech and I can get away with it. I can go on just about any social media platform and bully people and make up lies about people and threaten people's lives if I don't like the outcome of a basketball game or I don't like something that someone said on the news, a journalist said on the news. Now, on the other hand, if I wanted to play the thong song by Cisco or Who Let the Dogs Out, now I got a major problem on my hand. Now I'll be sued. My content won't be played. It'll be removed. Somehow, our Congress has figured out how to protect copyrighted material, copyrighted music, more than the rights of their own citizens. The rights not to be bullied, not to have your life threatened because someone disagrees with something you said. I know Twitter and Facebook have started to police their sites better. Twitter has been banning people. Facebook has been trying to take down offensive material. But it took them years, and they weren't forced to do it by any law. They weren't forced to do it by Congress. They were forced to do it because they were losing advertisers. They did it because it was costing them money, not because it was the right thing to do, not because Congress mandated that they do it. And it took them years to do it because they said, oh, it's difficult. We have to come up with an algorithm. We have to figure out how to do it. But they have no problem figuring out when I'm using a song I'm not supposed to be using. That they can figure out. That they can put a stop to. And I understand that an artist or creator should have their work protected. I have no problem with that. I just think it would be nice if our lawmakers and our tech companies spent as much time protecting us from misinformation, from hate speech, from bullying online, as they do making sure you can't play a Mariah Carey song in the background in a wedding video you post to YouTube. I don't think that's too much to ask. 
that's the show. Thank you so much for listening. I really do appreciate you taking the time out of your busy schedule and listening. I really do. I don't just say that. Don't forget, you can go to thecomparisongroup.com, get some answers to those quiz show questions. Also, if you want to discuss anything, send some comments. You can follow me on Twitter at comparison underscore show. At comparison underscore show.